the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a minute before 3 o'clock. It is a Friday. Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. Hope you're headed into a good weekend. We've got a lot to update you on. In fact, let me just say, this hour it's you and me. We're going to have plenty of opportunity to uh, to chat, plenty of opportunity for you to call in at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557, or you can email us at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. We're, we're going to kind of just breeze through what has happened this week because there's been a lot happening and I want to just review some of that with you and just chat about it and get your take on some of this. Uh, So that's coming up the first hour. Second hour, we're going to talk about your screen and and whether you're addicted to it or not. So (laughs) if you you think you are, you may want to make other plans for the second hour, right? I mean, not that I would encourage that. First things first, though, we want to check in. I, I think many of you know what's been going on here at KKLA today. We are uh, in the middle of a, uh, of a toy drive helping to collect toys that are going to be uh, – we're, we're partnering with California Highway Patrol chips, so we've got chips for kids, toys for kids. And uh, David James is uh, – well, where are you, David? Hey, Bob, we are uh, downstairs from uh, from KKLA is exactly where we are. We're kind of in a roundabout off the uh, 134 freeway at Brand is where we are. And started early this morning. And, oh, my goodness, the amount of gifts and kindness that's been shown, Bob. You know, I mean, there's a, you talk about it every day. We talk about it every day here on, on KKLA, the, the worry and fear and anger and rage, all that stuff just to be – so prevalent everywhere, but KKLA family has said, hold on a second. No, we don't live in that space. Hope, yeah. peace, joy, love. That's where we are. And they have shown that to children thus far today. And we're here through five for KKLA family to bring back, uh, bring unwrapped new toys or gift cards or, and I have to tell you, Bob, you remember the, uh, remember the old game, uh, operation, you know, oh yeah, remember? yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you've got to you got to take out the bone and the, I, I forget what all it is, but you don't want the buzzer to go off. I remember that, sure. Yeah, exactly. The guy's laying on the table, a little cartoon guy, and you <laughs> yeah. got the, uh, the 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 tweezers, and you can't hit the metal piece. Getting out his his uh, his his uh, funny bone and his uh, all that stuff. And someone brought by one of those. It says "Make him better or get the buzzer." I love that. Someone <laughs> else brought, and you're talking about addiction to like uh, screens and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Someone brought by one of these uh, Etch-a-Sketches, and on the front of the Etch-a-Sketch, on the packaging, it says, no Wi-Fi needed. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I love, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking of operation. Now, is this the COVID version operation where only certain operations are 
It's only the elective operation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so, only the uh, the surgeon is wearing a mask, though, I will say. Uh, the surgeon is wearing a mask before he takes out the, the funny bone and femur. But here's the point, Bob. What's going to happen with all these gifts is there's going to be children here in Los Angeles, Orange County, Riverside uh, counties that, you know, they're thinking, look, we're we're not going to receive gifts this year. And it, the, the, it runs the, it runs the board is the reasons why, but they're just not going to receive a gift. And, and so the enemy can play with anybody's head going, Oh man, you're not loved. No one cares for you. Well, you know what our gifts are doing? It's squashing that it's, it's stopping that it's saying, no, no, you, you are loved. In fact, someone uh, loves you so much that they gifted for you an opportunity to have a basketball or a, mm. Uh, a Tonka truck or an operation or one right. of these etch sketches And so it really is life-changing. So we're, we're just inviting Bob to everyone to remember what it was when you thought you weren't going to receive something. And then someone did bring you something and the impact it had on your life. We're just hoping we can get a flood of people in here in the cul-de-sac here in the roundabout off the 134 freeway at brand and say, you know what, we're going to gift these kids um, hope, peace, joy, love non-traditional evangelism simply through a toy that's going to be distributed through chips for kids. So well, pretty I sweet thing, the, Bob. I love the fact that not only are the kids getting the gifts, but the, the bridge that gets built between law enforcement and some of these communities, that's an important bridge to be established and to be built, uh, especially in, in these days. And you're helping make that happen when you bring these gifts by. Now you said un, unwrapped new gifts or gift cards is what we're looking for, right? That's right. Yeah. Any, any, any unwrapped uh, toy or uh, sport equipment, a basketball, a football, a Nerf ball, anything unwrapped and, and gift cards too are, are super great to gift uh, to children as well. You know, and they could be to, you know, Walmart, Target, you know, Amazon, uh, right. you know, wherever it, in and out. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine <laughs> being a kid and getting uh Double doubles, you know, for yeah. Christmas. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think the kids might be excited, but I think you're the one who is really looking. <laughs> for the, the oh yeah, wait a minute. Double. Was that my inside voice? Sorry about that. And so, for listeners who go, okay, one thirty four in Brand. So, what do I, is there an address they can put into their GPS that'll get them there? Yes, seven zero one North Brand, seven zero one North Brand, Glendale, nine one two zero three. And basically, it's 134 East or West at the Brand Central Exit. And, uh, yeah, 701 North Brand. All right, go ahead and type that. First of all, get the gift. Type that in. Get over here in the next two hours. Uh, We'll be down there to meet you and to receive the gifts and to say Merry Christmas and God bless you. So uh, we look forward to seeing you, Dave. We'll keep us up to date on how the gifts are coming in. We'll check in with you throughout the uh, afternoon. Right on, Bob. Have a great show. Thank you. All right. That's David James uh, down checking in gifts uh, that are coming in from listeners, folks like you. So if you got if you got a little time, a little extra, maybe you have been out shopping. In fact, maybe you got some gifts for your own kids or grandkids, and you're thinking, I don't have time to go get more gifts. Well, take what you got for the grandkids and bring those by, and then go shopping again tomorrow and get what you need for your kids. I mean, it's just a great way to show your love and to help us. And as I said, build the bridges uh, with these communities as these are given out uh, through California Highway Patrol. So we hope you'll do that 
And if you've got any questions, give us a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528, excuse me, 888-528-2557, the number, or you can email us at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Like I said, it's you and me in this first hour, and I want us to just talk about what's going on this week. And I'd love your take on some of this. I mean, this can be, I, I, I got a lot to talk about. But I'd love for it to be a dialogue, love for you to call in and be part of what we're talking about this afternoon. So let's just kind of breeze through what's been in the headlines this week. You up for this? So I think the the first thing we talked about this yesterday, the verdict came down during Southern California Live yesterday in the Jesse the, the, the Jesse Smollett case in Chicago. Uh, the jury found him guilty on five of the six charges. Sentencing will happen next month. And you you know the story here, right? Actor in the TV show Empire uh, was attacked in January two years ago in Chicago, middle of the night, two in the morning. He's walking to Subway. Uh, it's freezing cold outside. He says two guys get out of a car, masked, uh, with MAGA hats, uh, he, he's saying this was a hate crime. Be, they, they targeted him because he's a high-profile black gay man and poured bleach on him and put a noose around his neck, uh, did not steal anything from him, did not, did not really beat him with serious injuries, just an attack. He reports it to the police. The police start to go, something doesn't add up here. Next thing that happens is that the case gets dropped by the DA in Cook County, Kim Fox, who says, yeah, we're we're not going to do anything here. Even though the police are saying, we believe Mr. Smollett made this up. We believe this is fraud. This is a hoax. Uh, the DA buries it. Uh, and and then later there's enough pressure put back on that this this has to be reopened charges are then filed so this week and last week the case is heard before a jury uh, the, the prosecution explains that they believe that the actor Josie Smollett was he, he had orchestrated this whole hoax to appear to have been uh, to, to have been beaten and robbed by by uh, ha- by haters, by right wing Trump supporters, uh, but as it as it turns out, the prosecution said he set the whole thing up with a couple of his fellow actors, people who worked on the set at Empire, friends of his, paid them to do it as uh, as a way to get sympathy and publicity for himself. He says. That's not what happened at all, that he was actually attacked, uh, that it was, in fact, that his attackers, who he is now saying are people who knew him, but his attackers are homophobic, and that was behind it. The jury said, we don't believe you, and found him guilty on five of the six charges. His attorney says, we're going to appeal. Again, sentencing will come down in January. This is one of the wildest stories in a long time, right? I mean, 
to, and, and you also know that immediately when the news broke about the attack, there were all kinds of political figures, people in the entertainment sports world who were tweeting out their support of Jesse Smollett saying, this is terrible, it's a hate crime, it's before the facts had come in. Even early on when people said something doesn't smell right here, uh, this was a case where the story seemed to fit the prevailing narrative. And so uh, high-profile people uh, t- tweeted about it. Then candidate Biden tweeted about it. So did Kamala Harris. So did, well, a whole litany of of politicians, Democratic politicians primarily, who who saw this as the state of affairs in America. Now, I, I bring this story up, and I think there are a couple of things we need to, to think about in processing all of this. So here's some lessons learned, I think, for all of us in this case of Jesse Smollett. I believe the jury heard the evidence. They know better than you or I do what the facts of the case are. I trust the jury got it right. I I think what the prosecution presented is we'll never know with a degree of certainty, but I think that's the most plausible thing, that all of the evidence points to the fact that this actor set up this hoax. So the the things that come to mind for me are, number one, when something like this happens, hold off on your hot takes. There's a real temptation when you hear about a story like this that fits with your understanding of the divided culture we're in, where you may have an instant desire or you see other people chiming in quickly and and assuming things that they don't know one way or another about. Listen, let's be let's be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. When when there's a situation like this, just take a second. Just wait a beat. Let things simmer and also say, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know the facts. I'm hearing two sides to this. I'm I'm reserving judgment till I have more information. That's just a good that's a good life policy, not just on national news. That's a good life policy with anything. I remember hearing theologian R.C. Sproul one time use the phrase the judgment of charity. He said, we have a responsibility of, as Christians when there is something that comes up and we don't know what's behind it. Our assignment is to to assign the highest possible motive for what took place until the facts show differently. Our, our responsibility is to believe the best about people until we know differently. So don't jump to conclusions. Hold off. Wait a minute. Pray. That's the first thing in this. The second thing that comes to mind in all of this is we we ought to be praying a lot for Jesse Smollett. I don't I don't know him. Never watched Empire. All I know is what I've seen in the news and what he testified to when he took the stand this week. He testified that he is a 
a, a, an occasional, a regular drug user. He, he said he almost always has weed on him. Smoking weed is, a, is a, just a daily part of life, apparently. He testified to using other drugs. He talked about bathhouses and about strip clubs and what he does in his life as a gay man. Here's a guy who, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of um, confusion. There's a lot of pain behind all of that. And it's real easy for us to jump on a self-righteous bandwagon and we don't like his politics or his lifestyle or whatever. And so we, it, it's just real easy to, to hop up and say, huh, I hope he gets what's coming to him. I hope they throw the book at him. I hope he lands in jail. You know, I, I hope justice is done because you need that in a well-ordered society. But let me just, let me say this. Jesus, before he pronounced judgment on Jerusalem, you remember at the triumphal entry when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, he he pronounces judgment on that nation. Before he does that, you know what he does? He weeps. Before you get all high and mighty about Jesse Smollett or or anyone in the news that you don't like. You're not on their side. Which whichever side of the aisle it is, before you want to vilify or demonize a political figure or a sports figure or whoever, ask God to give you a broken heart for that person. Have have a heart of compassion. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with Gavin Ortland. So those those two things I think jumped out at me as I read about Jesse Smollett. Be be quick be be slower to a quick take to a hot take. And let's remember to have compassion for those who are who are lost, who are confused, who are floundering, as Jesse Smollett Jesse Smollett appears to be. That's the first thing I wanted to bring up. Here's the second thing. There's there's a lot in the news this week about the term Latinx. You know that phrase, right? So for years, you've talked about Hispanic men and women, the, the, the phrase Latina or Latino, Latino for men, Latina for women. Uh, the the new politically correct way to talk about that now is apparently to to talk about Latinx using an X at the end so that it's gender neutral. Uh, As it turns out, the latest news is that Hispanics, Latinos, Latinas, aren't aren't real keen on that phrase. Uh, According to a recent nationwide poll, only about 2% of Hispanic people like the term Latinx, Latinx, Latinx. 40% are actively offended by it. And and by the way, I'd be curious about you. If if you're Hispanic, 
I'm, I'm just curious about your take on that term. You're welcome to call at 888-52-TALKS. Join the conversation. 68% of the people in the poll say, just call us Hispanic. That's gender neutral. And yet, as it turns out, the people who are most likely to use the term Latinx are affluent white liberals. <laughs> so there's that in the news this week. Uh, crime wave has hit grim new records across the country. We're seeing some of that in California, right? Although it's interesting, I don't know if you saw this, Andrea Ocasio-Cortez this week, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, says the, the news about all of the crime sprees in California, she says that's fake news. A lot of these allegations of organized retail theft are not actually panning out, she told the Washington Times. Huh. It, it's, it's a crazy world, right? Well, I, I want to talk with you about some of these things, and we're going to take your calls. Lines are open at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're going to take uh, our first break and then be back to uh, to engage the conversation with you. So thanks for calling in. You're listening to uh, Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. We'll be right back. Eight 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 fifty two talks Southern California Live on a Friday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine, KKLA and KPRZ eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number to call if you want to join us this afternoon. Keep in mind we got an hour and a half left in the uh, Chips for Kids toy drive going on here at KKLA. You can stop by the studios at uh, seven hundred one North Brand and drop off. Uh, toys that can be given to kids through the California Highway Patrol. Today's the day to do that. Uh, do that before 5 o'clock this afternoon. We'll be happy to take your toys, and thanks to those of you who have already been by. All right, we're talking this afternoon about stuff that's in the news. One of the things I mentioned was the whole idea of whether or not Hispanic people like the term Latinx, which has become popular over the last couple of years and and uh, many have said this is this is the new thing to use a poll comes out and says no hispanic people don't like that term frank's on the line with us in burbank this afternoon uh frank thanks for calling in yeah how you doing sir just wanted to you know say that uh, i i'm mexican-american first generation and i find that uh term latinx very very offensive um uh, you know it's just another label that i feel you know society is, is trying to put on us. Uh, before that, even the term Hispanic was derogatory, derogatory to a generation behind me. Uh, you know, if you literally break it down, it's Hispanic. And that was a term that was put by, on by the government. That's why a lot of uh, the people in the 70s, you know, started rioting and they came out with the term Chicano. Uh, they didn't like that term, uh, term Hispanic. Uh, but in relation to what you said about Jesse, uh, you're right. You know, mercy triumphs over judgment, and and I, 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 I'm not trying to judge the guy, but I think what he did was very divisive in, in a lot of ways. And um, you know, 
it's hard to feel sorry for the guy when he doesn't he shows no remorse. And well, he's all he was done, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean, and he he did not in the, in the jury trial. There there appeared to be no remorse, and and I'm not sure he's at a point where he recognizes the level that he has descended to. My point is, I can look at him the same way that Jesus would have looked at someone caught in sin, and said, "Man, you need help," and and that should be, I think. Does he does he deserve to go to jail for what he did? Absolutely. Is, does justice need to be served? I think so. But I also think that we as believers need to be the ones who, who are, we'll say we'll leave it to the state to apply vengeance, and we need to, we need to be praying for this guy that he will get free from, from the clutches that he's in. I'm, I'm just curious. You said Hispanic, Latinx. So what, what would be, if you want to refer to people who are, uh, whether do you use Mexican, Puerto Rican? Do you use the country of origin and and get specific about it when somebody's referring to somebody else? Yes, absolutely. You'd say like Mexican American or Salvadoran American, uh, even the term Latino. If you think of the term Latino, and I used to go by it, but Mex- I'm like I said of Mexican origin, but Mexico isn't part of Latin America. Yeah, you know the countries that are south of that are so. You know, once again, it's just like a generic term. I feel the best way is, is like I, you know, I'll say Mexican-American, you know. There's a, there's a very interesting column got written today by Andrew Sullivan, and, and he's making your point. He's talking about the use of what has become a very common phrase to refer to people of color as black and brown people. And he says, Let, let's just be honest, There's there's a whole... There's a whole spectrum of people from Nigeria and the Dominican Republic, and we can go across. Let's not just lump them all into the generic black and brown categories. That's, that is in some ways demeaning. And, and Frank, I think your point's a good one. Appreciate you calling this afternoon. 888-52-TALKS is the number. Steve is in Poco Rivera. Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, Bob. Good to talk to you. Hey, listen, the reason I'm making my call is this is the first time I've heard about that term, Latinx. And actually, being from Peak Rivera, where the world began, Hispanic <laughs> heritage, also recognizing that I've lived with many guys from Dominican, Puerto Rico, Panama, and playing baseball as well as college, that's a stupid term. <laughs> if there's such a thing as Latinx, nobody really knows the case. And the people of origin have no business making things up to that effect. And if they don't know whether they are male or female, that's their problem, and that's between them and the Lord. Steve, do you agree with what Frank was just saying, that the best thing we can do is to refer? I mean, if, if, if we're going to refer to you, should we go back to your country of origin and, and say this is a part of your heritage? It could be either way. Latino is the coverall for Latin America, Mexico, and some of the other locations where they teach Spanish. But if they want to specifically say uh, you're from Puerto Rico, you're Dominicano, you're Cuban, you're from Mexico, that's okay, too. Yeah. That's okay, too. It, the sensitivity, Bob, is the fact that people are making up terms and ideas and idioms that don't really belong, and they're looking for a lot of attention, which I believe this particular term, Latinx, is nothing more than attention for people that have no idea what their gender is, and that's between them and God. Yeah, and and, and that is, I, I think, that's the whole reason there's an X on the end as opposed to an O or an A. It's Latinx instead of Latino or Latina because we can't, we, we don't want to get binary with gender. That's what people are saying, and I would say, you know, 
Uh, God got binary with gender. He says in Genesis 1, uh, male and female, I created them. So uh, Latino, Latina, that that seems to be that that seems to be um, in line with what the scriptures teach. But but I do think there's I think there's a good point to be made if you, if you want to be honoring to somebody and talk about their heritage, talk specifically about Cubanos, Cuban Americans, Dominicans. Uh, talk about the country they came from and understand that a Puerto Rican is different than a Mexican. I, I think Anglo's like me can often get into this whole way of thinking that it's all one big melting pot and we'd like it to be a melting pot, but there's some beauty in the, in the various heritages. I think we need to acknowledge that. Steve, thanks for calling. Stephanie is on the line. You're welcome to call by the way. Our number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557 in Burbank. Stephanie, thanks for calling. Hi, I wanted to explain why the Latino X is uh, offensive. I was a translator for many years. Um, okay, the way to translate is uh, a Latino X, you know, an X, especially in the Mexican language, means like an unknown. Hmm. So it's kind of like saying, okay, it's a Len uh, unknown. You know, it's kind of like when you do algebra and you're, you, you, you got Y and C and you've got to figure out X. It's yeah. X is the unknown, maybe. So it's like you're calling people, well, uh, you're not, you know, right. it's like saying uh, this is uh, like an unknown land person. So that's why some people take offense, particularly in the Mexican language. For example, let's say uh, a woman, you know, um, got pregnant by some unknown guy. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, she got pregnant by some ex guy. Ex. Yeah. So it, it's so really that's, it, that's it the, 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 the implication on that uh, thing, and that's why some people uh, some people take offense to it. It's like you, you're an unknown. If you somebody know, that's what it means. if somebody referred to you with that designation as a Latinx, would you be offended by that? No, I'm a Christian. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I'm just trying to bring uh, like a little, you know, what I know. Yeah. To the to you and the audience, you know. So uh, that's that's why it's uh, you know like uh, when you say oh an an ex person, it's like an unknown or unimportant. It does it so does the seem best to, way to d- handle this is to just say Latins or Hispanics that covers male or female. I don't know why people are so sensitive. And in in any case, in the in the Spanish language, you know, like uh, when you talk about mankind. It is it's already understood that it includes women. You know, it's like uh, humankind. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I do think we're at a point in in our in our history where uh, people are easily triggered by all kinds of things. I, I really love the fact that when I ask you if if it would be offensive to you, you're like, it's not that big a deal. Maybe we should just relax a little bit with with all of this, but. But there is there's an agenda behind Latinx, and in an attempt to try to uh, to avoid the gender binary, all of a sudden you're dehumanizing people by using that X. I think that's your point. When you when you put an X instead of a Latino or a Latina, you're really you're taking away a part of that person's identity and a part of their humanity. Don't take offense to it. I'm just trying to say why why people get offended. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, forget this 
this gender thing, I think there's so much thing about whatever is going on in the world. There's more important things. But, <laughs> if, you know, just go Latins or Hispanics. And that includes, like, Cubans, you know, um, Dominicans, Brazilians. Well, they speak Portuguese, though. Um, <laughs> you know, Mexicans, uh, you know, whoever. I Who cares? You know, like, but that that's why people take offense, because it's like saying I Latino unknown or unimportant that's the the, the phrase is used uh, x x yes yes that's that, a good that, um, that symbol is used as uh, an unknown person a tom dick and harry or someone unimportant that's why people are freaking out but it's a good word, Stephanie. Thank you for uh, calling in this afternoon. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. Or you can email us at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Uh, a lot of things we're, we're talking about here in the news, but when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I read something this week that struck a chord with me. I want to see if it strikes a chord with you. Um do we look at where we are in American civilization and American culture today? And are we at the end of an era in terms of where America fits onto the world stage? You know, there was, there was a time when there was a Roman empire. Then there was a time when there was a British empire. And then there was a time when there was the Japanese empire. We we don't talk about America in terms of being an empire, but, we have been a world power for, well, since World War One. Is that about to fade? Is our time being a world leader as a country, is that about to fade? I'll read you a piece from Kevin Williamson after we get back, and I'd be interested in your thoughts about this. Stay with us. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. We'll be right back. Southern California Live on KKLA, KPRZ, Friday afternoon. we got about an hour, 15 minutes left in the uh, the Chips for Kids toy drive that's going on here at our studios. We're going to check in with David James in a little bit to get an update on this. But uh, you still have an hour, 15, to stop by the studios, drop off toys or gift cards. Studio address is 701 North Brand Boulevard in Glendale. Just put that into your... Uh, your GPS and swing through the 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 uh, drive through and you can drop that off. The teams there waiting to take the toys. We got a mountain of stuff that's come in. Thank you to those of you who have already been by today on the toy drive. And uh, again, we'll give you an update on that a little bit later on. Earlier this week, we we commemorated the 80th anniversary of what President Roosevelt referred to as a date which will live in infamy. It still does live in infamy, the date that the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The war that followed that attack transformed the world. The United States transformed us. It transformed the British Empire, Japan, Europe, really the entire global Seen. We have grown up, we are people who have lived our lifetime thinking that 
the United States from its founding has been a a world leader, a a superpower. That's that's just that's not true. It hasn't been in our lifetime. It's maybe been in the last hundred years, but really more like the last sixty, seventy years since the end of World War II. And Kevin Williamson in National Review this week writes a column that's that the the title of the column is The Empire in Twilight. His thesis is that all world empires, whether it's the Roman Empire, the British Empire, the the Empire of Japan, all world leaders, superpowers, their dominance ebbs and flows. Because in our lifetime, we've thought of America as being the leader on the world stage, the United States as the leader on the world stage. We think that's the way it's always been and the way it always will be. It it won't always be this way. I believe in our form of government, our our societal values. I think I, I'm an American exceptionalist. I, I believe that we have a way of governance, a way of organizing a society that is the best there is in the world. But that doesn't mean that that's going to win out or that that's always going to rise to the top. Right now, right now, we're seeing two major players on the world stage assert themselves and their desire to be in dominance, uh, exercising influence over the whole world. China is, is one of those and Russia is the other one. And as a country, we're having to decide what what do we do about all of this? I want to read to you a part of what Kevin Williamson says in the article, The Empire in Twilight. He says, at the end of World War II, the Empire of Japan surrendered. But really, he says, so did the British Empire. As a practical matter, the moral and economic exhaustion of the British Empire transformed much of the world in the immediate post-war era. Uh, India and Pakistan became independent. The British exited from Palestine. Israel was established as a nation. Uh, Britain was impotent to face the Soviet threat, and they conceded world leadership to the United States and became an informal client state of a new superpower. It's interesting to think that at the end of World War II, they basically looked at their little brother and said, okay, you take over from here. Kevin Williamson goes on to say, whereas World War I was rightly experienced as a catastrophe by the victors as well as the vanquished, World War II was for the United States an unqualified success on almost every front. It was a military success. It was an economic success. It was a diplomatic success. It was a moral success. It was the experience of World War II that elevated science and technical expertise to the current Olympian status and conceived a generation of Americans that the American state could, with the right leadership and sufficient resources, do practically anything we chose, we choose. The waste and corruption of the war mobilization effort were all conveniently forgotten. Less dramatic displays of American power have partly resuscitated confidence at times since then, notably with the fall of the Berlin Wall and with Desert Storm. 
But he says that era of American exceptionalism, dominance, leadership, that era is now over. He says the attacks on of 9-11, the frustrating failures in Afghanistan and Iraq, the internal disunity in the United States, these are the result of moral incapacity, not military or economic incapacity. We had more than enough bombs or troops to do whatever we wanted to do in Afghanistan for as long as we liked. Same with Iraq. We did not achieve our ultimate end there because we didn't understand what our ultimate end was. He says, the United States has got to figure out how to craft for itself a new kind of diplomacy, one that reflects not the country that was the post-war era, but the country that actually is today. Rich, aging, eager for comfort and luxury, disinclined to fight. Americans being prideful, naturally bristle at anything that sounds like a tribute payment or protection money. But if you have a great deal of money and no willingness to fight, you got to be honest with yourself about what that means. If we are still a superpower at all, our superpower is money. We don't fight to protect ourselves. We just pay off people. China particularly. He he goes on to say this we know how this story ends. We we saw what happened in Japan. The Japanese were a leading world power that eventually surrendered after years of intense conflict and convulsion, they surrendered. Rome lasted for centuries before the barbarians invaded and the Roman Empire collapsed. And I look around and think, the barbarians are here in in our country, in our midst. We are surrounded by people with barbaric ideas masquerading as enlightenment. We see that. We talked about ending a word with an X, Latinx, earlier. That's that's a symptom. That's not the cause. But the cause, which is deep, is a cause of gender confusion, identity confusion, uh, rampant racism. And by that, I mean that those who are saying that America is a racist nation are actually they are actually enforcing a higher form of racism by wanting everybody to be tribal. And I just look around and I think when the libraries have drag queen story hour, when we live in a nation that says two men or two women can get together and call it marriage. In fact, we can't even say men or women. Men, We, we now say men can get pregnant. We can't talk about pregnant women. It's got to be pregnant people. This kind of moral confusion is a sign that the barbarians have invaded and the moral fabric of a culture is eroding. And I honestly think that the only thing that will preserve any of this is revival. We'll take a quick call. Linda is on the line from L.A. Linda, your thoughts on what we're talking about here. Thank you, sir. You know, I know you have a great opinion about all of this, and I've been listening. 
But I truly believe that Russia and China are pushing forward and taking advantage of, of this time because of the weakness in our leadership. And Afghanistan proved that. And, but I believe, I believe that, that revival is coming. Hmm. And God is going to clean his house. God is going to clean his house. And the people better wake up. People better wake up and look up. You know, Linda, if if that if that's not what happens, if there's not revival, then I do look at where we are and what's going on and think, I don't know that there's hope left for us. I think the only solution here is for God to do a reviving work. And I think you're right. Judgment begins at the house of God. It begins with the people of God. It begins with the leaders of local churches. I, I think folks look, and, and we're about to run out of time, so I just have to wrap this. We're... We're at a point in our culture where unless we, as as Linda just said, look up, cry out, and ask God to bring the reviving work we need, we may be seeing the sunset of the American culture that we've known. And you know what? If if this is the end of that chapter for, for uh, God is the one who raises up kings and, and t- destroys kingdoms. He's sovereign over that. I I trust him with all of that, but I think I think we need to be crying out and asking God to do a reviving work in our midst. Thanks for being with us here in the first hour on Southern California Live. We'll continue with hour two right after this. Stay with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.